3: Following is a production of Dirty Mo Media.
0: Woo oh yeah. What a race we saw over the weekend in Texas. My goodness. Welcome back to another episode of Speed Streets. Uh, we are going to be diving in fully to recap of the Texas race, of course. Uh, you know, the lead up to the qualifications, what went right, what went wrong for Connor, the whole entirety of the race, the oval debate, all of that's coming up, as well as, as we we're very lucky because we get to sit down with the back to back winner at Texas. That is the uh, young American, like Connor always says, the very handsome, the very chiseled, the very talented Joseph Newgarden, going to be on this week. Um, so am very excited about that. It's a full show, no racing this week in an indie car, but getting ready to get into this motion here. We go two by two by two, and then all of a sudden, by the time you know it, we're very in the middle of May and, uh, count down the days to the Indy 500, but can't go any further without, of course, host of this program, my pal Connor Daly. What's up, bro?
1: Bella, it's great to be here. Um, top, top three, uh, worst. Days of my life in a race car on Sunday But I'm glad everyone enjoyed it uh, It was um, a, a a Proud proud feeling Looking at what people were reacting to Via the internet uh, I'm feeling good About what IndyCar Has done I'm feeling good about uh, how people reacted to the race Maybe not as many people Watched as we hoped um, But yeah a lot to talk about with Texas, um, it was, it, it, yeah, there's a, there's just a lot to get into. So I, I'm excited to get into it. We saw some uh, craziness on the Formula One first lap of the uh, race where everyone crashed like a NASCAR race for some reason. Uh, and then the NASCAR race, there were some uh, podcast uh, hosts uh, in the Dirty Mo Media family uh, wrecking some more people, uh, but putting out a great show still, Denny Hamlin. Uh, there was lots going on. Uh, Over the weekend, Uh, Carson Ostevar as well. Great. uh, First win in the truck series. I saw that on, you know, on hand at Texas Motor Speedway on Saturday too. So lots of exciting things in the motor racing world. Um, But realistically, as someone who has not yet watched the Texas race, uh, Joey, what, what were your, I saw some tweets from you about it. Uh, And I want to know, Ben, what you thought as well about the race, because clearly Folks of the internet were impressed. It did look like it got a a positive Yelp review of post race reports. It did, man. I tweeted that uh,
0: I got my boys tingly, and and it, it did. I was on the edge of my <laughs> I seat. I had butterflies in my stomach. Uh, by the end of it, you know, by three laps to go, I was I was quite literally standing and doing the nervous lean. When you're like, oh, I going uh, I was doing all those things, uh, you know, with my son in hand, and and it was just. I thought it was outstanding viewing. I, I thought, you know, besides the fact that NBC kept cutting the commercial during, you know, a few of the most important parts of the race, you know, you had every incident, it seemed like, for the first half of the race at least, NBC was in full commercial break, and we'd come back and, uh, you know, Lee Diffie would be updating us on, uh, oh, well, that, you know, Alexander Rossi and uh, Kyle Kirkwood. It's like, oh, here we go, you know, and then uh, who was the second person? I think it was Stingray Rob, the second person that wrecked um, now every time that something like that happened, it seemed like there was just a commercial break. So that was unfortunate, but
1: <laughs> in terms of,
0: yeah. And in terms of everything else, show entertaining, exhilarating stuff. We talked about a couple weeks ago, Scotty Mack sending out that sarcastic tweet, uh, about F1 saying, you know, edge of your seat stuff there about, uh, Verstappen having the fastest lap on the second to last lap or whatever the hell it was. And all I kept thinking about on Sunday, watching the Texas race, was this is literally edge of your seat stuff, man. So I I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Wished for you know a better situation, better result for you, obviously. <laughs> but I just texted multiple of my
1: friends throughout. I was I mean, multiple times. I said this is nuts. Like this is crazy. So the first thing I want to get into, and that's great to hear. The first thing I want to get into for the race is, uh, and this I get very animated about, but. The the debate on oval racing for us uh, mile and a half ovals. I mean, over it's over. It uh we need four more of those races, three more of those races. There there are plenty of tracks in the United American States that could provide a similar show to that. Now look, it's taken us a couple of years to maybe find the, you know the the arrow configurations, and you know there was some stuff there that helped. Um. But the amount of people that love that race, the amount of internet activity that I saw from folks in the NASCAR media, from media, like my Twitter for you page, now that they've changed that app, I have no idea who anyone is on my for you page. But a lot of it was about IndyCar racing. So I was like, sweet, this is great. Um, I mean, the debate's over. Like, I'm sorry. Like, we need to be on more ovals. Like, Roger and the boys, Jay Fry, we should be at every oval track right now that's over a mile and a half and be like, mile and a half or longer and be like, Well, you saw that product. Let's sell some tickets. You know what I mean? And even the Texas crowd, I will give them credit. It looked a little bit bigger than the year before, which is probably easy to do because no one was there the last couple years. But, like, even now, hopefully Texas has something to promote for next year. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, TV ratings sucked a lot. They sucked major suckage. Uh, But... That's probably because the Texas race last year was not that exciting until the last lap, you know what I mean? So now if you have all this excitement, you tell people, hey, you guys, man, did you watch that race last year? Oh, you didn't? Well, you got to watch that race next year. Maybe there's some crossover effect there. Um, But to get into, I guess, the other side of it, I I found it very interesting that it was so exciting because I I had seen some information that, like, Almost everyone on the ra- like eight cars finished on the lead lap. So like I, I also don't understand where all the excitement came from. Because as someone who participated in the race and saw how spread out the field was at first, I also I still have some questions. There are some teams, the the big budget, you know Penske and McLaren operations and Ganassi, uh, and and even and- a couple cars from Andretti Grosjean for sure. Big budget operations looked like they could go flat anywhere they wanted. First lane, second lane, third lane, even, uh, and then boom—you had David Malukas up there with Coin, which was which was great as well. But I, I I I guess to see a race that was so diverse in the pace of the field, you had Joseph and Pato literally driving circles around people like me, Jack Harvey, Christian Lundgaard, R- Graham Rahal. All of us were literally saving our life the entire race and going, driving our butts off to be six mile an hour slower than those guys. So again, that I'm a little bit confused about, um, but, but as long as it's a good show for those 80 cars that finished on the lead lap or like 10 or whatever it was, then that's great. But I, I still have a question. There's a lot of things that I don't understand, but I guess... We're all comfortable with closely oval racing again, because for a long time, so many people got so mad at IndyCar for having great oval racing. Oh, Fontana, too dangerous. Everyone's too close. Oh, Texas can't have pack races. Too dangerous. It's uh, uh, it's like, it's like listening to a bunch of losers wanting to watch paint dry. Like, I don't care. You just saw a bunch of incredibly talented race car drivers treat each other with respect, and race side-by-side side for 250 laps or whatever at a mile-and-a-half oval. So let's go to more. Like, who's worried about this stuff anymore? It's it's ridiculous. Like, we have a great aero package. Good job to IndyCar for figuring that out. Uh, you know, maybe if the track was hotter on race day, it might have been a little bit worse, but it was a great temperature. They put on a great show. We had some options. So I'm sorry, but the, the, the fact that we even have to ask a question or people are asking questions, why are we not at more ovals? We need it now because we just put on a great show. Honestly, that'll probably be a better race, maybe even than the Indy 500. And I hope I hope not. I hope the Indy 500 is great, but you can't really do as much side-by-side racing uh, at Indy as you can at Texas. So, you know, we, we kind of know what we're going to get at Indy, but love to see this for the Texas event, for the Texas crowd. Um, I, I just, I, I think I mean we've we've been saying this on this show For a long time how we need more oval racing Uh, I can't wait to get Joseph Newgarden's Opinion on it as well because he just wins All the time at Texas doesn't matter where it is Or when it is Um, So yeah that's what I thought Ben Did you think as well when you were Watching it as someone who let's say Is a Charlotte area man you know what I mean
3: Like let's I mean your thoughts On it very exciting good stuff I think it would have Been better than any of the NASCAR Races at Texas, in the past like let's call it since the repave, basically well, that's I, easy. I, I yeah. mean, easy. <laughs> but one thing I worry about that because I I loved it. I think there was great tire deg. I think some guys could kind of move around a little bit. Um, I think that's there was a massive thing in the positive direction. What I'm worried about though is like NASCAR is going to go back there twice this year, and they're probably going to put on a mediocre product. And mm. there's talks if if that doesn't if that happens again, what's the fate of Texas? Like, is it going to turn into another Atlanta? Is it going to be just demolished in general? Is it going to be turned into a short track? So I'm hoping that, you know, whether or not Texas stays around for the next few years, that, like you said, hopefully we can get some more ovals on there. And I think Richmond would be awesome because I personally enjoy <laughs> Iowa, but... um I think getting on a little bit smoother track and I think a little bit newer surface, I think could be really good for that. I don't know what kind of aero package they'd run if it'd be something similar. Like even at Gateway, I don't know if they run some, like more of a high down force or low down force compared to oh, Texas. Yeah, no, those, all those short
1: ovals are, are the road course wings and everything. So that, okay. that would be very different, but it would be good. I mean, you're it right. Richmond yeah. would be great. Um, yeah. But yeah, we obviously have to follow NASCAR's lead. Like th- to be fair, we, we we don't control the notion. We don't control the program there at Texas. Right. NASCAR sells more tickets. They 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 sell more seats than we do so far. Um, but uh, but we'll see. I thought it was a great uh, a a, gr- a great comeback that the series needed at Texas. Um, and there were a couple of interesting events that we can get into. I'd like to get you know your guys' opinion on on some of the spectator things. One of the things that happened that a lot of people there was a big debate over. And friend of the show Kyle Kirkwood. A uh, man who spun me out, race one. That's fine. We're friends now. It's a little bit awkward communicating between us, but that's fine. Uh, we we had a bit of a Rossi coming together with his old car and sponsor type program in the pit lane, and obviously when you when when there's contact in the pit lane, that's just that's a tough scenario. Um, but I, I would like to give people the the driver's perspective of this as well. Uh, obviously a lot of drama, Joey, when you, when you saw Rossi, boom, hitting Kirkwood colliding, w- was there chatter in, obviously I heard some, you know, NBC maybe have put the blame on one guy or the other. Uh, yeah, what was kind of your after, opinion? Yeah. Again, we are coming out of commercial,
0: all right? It's the yeah. like first thing coming out of commercial is the highlight of them colliding, kind of the high side highlight of them colliding and right off the bat and then they, they 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 pretty were steadfast about it. Hinch and, and Townsend, Bell, and even Lee to a certain extent. were all just kind of like, whoa, what look, what, what's Kirkwood doing? You know, he he was on the outside. Like you know, Rossi was coming out. Like he did. It was kind of pretty pretty obvious to them in their mind, at least to the start, that that it was on Kirkwood. Uh, and that's kind of how generally Twitter reacted as well. Um, you know, when you <laughs> went and and, and and looked, everybody was kind of especially after it came back, and you know there wasn't a penalty given to him. They gave it to Rossi. Um, and so everybody was kind of going off about that. So uh, I know that it has changed since then. I know that Kyle, quote, tweeted at NBC, IndyCar on NBC, was kind of like, hate to see this, especially after, you know, blah, blah. I'll just pull it up, actually, because I don't
1: want to misquote the guy. Uh, well, no, I, I saw it. I, I, I and, and to give people an opinion, this is how racing is a team sport, right? The pit lane interactions are very, very important. Some of the most important in the race, because obviously – for these two driver scenarios ruins their day and when you're in the pit box right you you have to understand a, a couple cars in front of you and a couple cars behind you just so you know that there may be a you know a, a, a crossing of traffic per se um no. and it is the team's responsibility to launch you from the box like what cuz we cannot see a lot so when we're sitting in the car, and we've got our foot fully on the throttle, we're waiting on the fuel to come out so we can get into first gear, and as soon as you get into first gear, you're basically wanting to launch, but your guy on your outside front tire has to launch you. Um, But that person also has to be aware of who could potentially be pitting in front of you, because it is the team's responsibility for releasing you, and there are unsafe releases, which is what Rossi probably got penalized for, right? That that is that is that is what happened. Like, it's not Kirkwood's fault because Kirkwood has to pit. He can't just stop in the middle of the road and wait for Rossi. Like the 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 problem is the car that's coming into the pit box, it's very difficult to get into the pit box. It's it's especially at Texas, you have your weight jacker all over the place, you got bars, your brakes don't work as well as they do on the road course. The cars are set up to turn left. And obviously, you're turning left into the box, but then you have to turn back right, which it doesn't turn very well to get straight in the box, um, and and so that that is a challenge for me. That's not on Kirkwood. Like it was the it was the worst possible case scenario because Kyle wasn't necessarily in his box yet, right? So Alex got to go straight for a little bit, thinking that Kyle was probably just in the fast lane going because he'd already made his stop but his, his pit box was a few boxes down. So again, these things happen in racing. The fact that Kyle was getting crucified is wrong. The fact that anyone's placing blame on anyone is absurd because that's like, this is racing. We've seen these accidents happen at the Indy 500 plenty of times. We've seen these, race, these accidents happen in pit lane all over the place because it's a tight area and you got to do the work, right? So it was just sad for Alex, sad for Kyle as well. But you just, when you're trying to be perfect and think of, think of a man or a woman pointing at you on your outside tire, getting ready to release this car that has 700 horsepower and is fully on the gas, just waiting to get out of that pit box because every millisecond counts. But it takes a lot of bravery to say, no, do not go. You know what I mean? That no. person who's on the outside front has to tell Alex, you can't go. It might have cost him a half a second, just one second, to wait, but that would have saved that that accident from happening. So it, it, it's very difficult to do. It's 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 part of racing. This sucks. It's not it's not worth blaming anyone because it just sucks. But that's what makes racing hard. It's not easy. The whole program is a hard sport to be a part of. Yeah,
0: this is uh, Kyle's tweet. It was a day after the radio, so it came yesterday, uh, Monday. Pretty disappointing how much heat mail I've received for the pit lane incident yesterday. I'd like to clarify that I was fully 100% within pit lane protocol, and the IndyCar on NBC broadcast team has kindly apologized for making me out to be the bad guy. So there you yeah. go.
1: Before yeah, lane. I mean, I, I, I think I get that because obviously Kyle uh, has a growing fan base, we'll say. Uh, Alex has a lot of fans because he's an Indy 500 champion. Um, But also, people on the internet can be terrible because they just want to complain about something. So that was what they couldn't complain about. Um, But yeah, there's no sense in blaming anyone. That's a pit lane accident. We've seen it before, and we'll see it again. Um, But another incident as well... uh, Well, not necessarily incident, but... It's the ending. The ending. Yeah, the ending, I would say... I I got a couple messages, and I don't really know why. But obviously we ended under yellow. But here, here's the thing. If you don't, like, everyone's pushing hard to the end, right? Rojan had a run. He tried to make a pass because we're coming to the white flag and it doesn't work. Guess what? That's also racing. If you wanted to finish under green, well then it's a NASCAR race. I'm sorry, like, you, you can't add laps to our races and you can't possibly make the call right then and there to go red flag because there isn't enough laps left. This happens in racing. We've seen it at the Indy 500. It happens. It happens in all kinds of places. That's motorsport. People go for it. They make mistakes, come into the end of the race, and that's, that is what it happens. So I know that people don't like it because we're all entitled to our opinions. And, we'll, and, and, yeah, of course, seeing that race under green, you know, Pato probably has a chance to go side by side for one of the closest finishes ever in IndyCar history. But guess what? Maybe next year. You know what I mean? So I didn't like seeing how anyone... Because you, you can't physically do anything else in that scenario. You go red flag immediately, you still go out of the pits, and that's the white flag, and then the race is over. So it's it's just... It's a tough thing, um, but it is what it is. That That is IndyCar motor racing. If you want a green flag finish, well, then, you know... We're going to have to have more fuel. People are going to have to pit. We're going to have an overtime thing like NASCAR. Then it's a whole different setup. Then people criticize that because you're adding laps to the race. So it's just, it's a mess. It's a bit of a, bit of a disaster. So, well, I mean, we
0: saw something pretty similar to it last year at the 8500, you know, like how, you know, the red flag came, you know, originally it was yellow. Then the red flag comes out. And then all of a sudden we kind of have this shootout here to the finish, right? And like, is that, are you saying? So that's the only scenario really you'd want to or think that's worthy of a situation like that or even just a situation where there's two laps or a lap and a half left or whatever when that incident
1: happened. It just it it doesn't matter. It's going to finish under that no matter what. Yeah, I mean, I think we've seen this in the past. If it it had happened, let's say three laps sooner, I bet they would have gone red flag immediately um, to have a three lap shootout, right? We've seen it at the Indy 500. I mean, our, the the 2019 Indy 500, uh, that's what cost me a few positions there at the end. Was a red flag, getting it, get restart, you know, heating things up, heat soak bad. Uh, we've seen it a couple times actually at the Indy 500 where we stop, uh, stop the race for you know a, a last few lap shootout. So I think at the time that it was, it was impossible to go. It was impossible to make any other decision. And I actually credit race control for just hey. You start a weird debate if you try to do something crazy and add laps to the race. That's that's not even in the rule book. Like there's there's no situation where you add laps to the race. So again, I think it is what it is. Not everyone's gonna be happy and we get it. So that that's it, it, it's that's how the cookie crumbles, as the folks say. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean,
0: hey, you know, guys definitely not complaining about it is our guest this week, Joe Newgarden. You yeah. know, he, <laughs> yeah. he goes back to back and Didn't have to absolutely white knuckle it for the last
1: uh, lap and a half, two laps. Uh, Marcus (laughs) Erickson, also happy. Marcus Erickson, also happy about situations like that. You know what I mean? Sometimes it just goes yellow. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one of a
0: kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com.
1: That's BlueNile.com. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, What else, Matt? So one other thing. Well, there's a couple of things from that race, and I'm curious to see what you thought about this as well. Um, Augustine Tanapino i uh I like I, someone got mad at me because I called him Angus jalapeno because I think that's one of the coolest think names you could have ever had in this uh, in the sport and i I got to sit next to augustine uh at the autograph session uh great guy i i i I, li- I like him a lot, and I don't think he's getting enough credit for what he's doing uh I mean that and that team as well. Yunkos Racing, I, I love them with all my heart. Ricardo Yunkos, those guys. A lot of the Carlin guys there. Um, I mean, they are both cars having a tremendous start to the season. Augustine Canapino has not been to any of these tracks really before. Not not uh, Never raced on an oval as far as I know. Not a super speedway. Guy finishes twelve. Are you kidding me? Like, that's incredible. He, he doesn't crash yet. You know, you had a couple other rookies having difficult days. Um, but man, I, I think uh the what I have in my notes is Canapino is a dog, and I respect that. I mean, he is he's doing everything right so far. Uh he's he's a good dude. And that whole team, Calamylot as well, again, I, I don't even I don't even think Calamylot likes Oval Racing, but he's in the top ten again, you know what I mean? And they're both having a great start. So huge respect to them. Um, because racing at Texas is really hard. Uh, and you know, he got in there, didn't make a mistake, uh, didn't put the thing in the wall and had a solid, day. finishing 12th in an IndyCar race is a solid day. Now, like fantastic day, honestly, especially for a rookie. On the, on the TV broadcast,
0: Connor, that's, that's one thing that they were kind of discussing when Callum and, and uh, Canapino were. Yeah, you know, hanging around up there, and and I think Lee Diffie said something to the effect of like, you know, little Yukos Hollinger and and Townsend Bell was like, hey, they may have been, you know, last year or whatever, but 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 they're not anymore. Like he, he's like they've they've kind of you know cemented or like supplanted themselves to be like, hey, the, these guys are here to
1: make some noise. Exactly, and we love to see it. I mean, that's that's a team that you know I. I worked with the core of those guys for you know a long time. There's like I I consider them family, so it's it's really cool to see, um and uh, and yeah. Other than that as well, this is a I guess not necessarily about the race. I mean, paddle was great in the race, but paddlemania is uh, fully alive and well in Texas. Um, I think what we saw there is a almost F1 level stardom uh for an IndyCar driver and, and I have not seen this for a young a young driver like Pato, uh I don't think ever in my career um because obviously we had Jimmy and and Jimmy's you know Jimmy's got a, a crowd of people uh yeah. you know everywhere you know it is what it is it's Jimmy he's been around a long time uh Roman Grosjean, you know F1 driver very cool but like I have not seen this level of hysteria For anyone, I don't think, in in my time in the IndyCar series, because we had a great autograph session uh, on Saturday that I was blown away that people made it to because it was like 9.30 in the morning. I don't even think the gates were technically open for the track yet. Um, And like 70% of that line were in Pato t-shirts. You know what I mean? Uh, And great folks, too. Very nice people. Uh, A lot of Pato's fan base uh, were trying to kill me after Road America a couple years ago because uh, he wasn't able to pass (laughs) me and he didn't win that race. Uh, you know, that's a bit absurd still, but I got to give all the Pato fan base a lot of credit. They were lovely people and they were fantastic to Augustine Canapino as well. Cause he, you know, he just learned English. So he had a ton of Spanish speaking people to talk to there and it was great. So I, and, and then seeing that video of him walking outside of his trailer to a giant crowd of people going crazy. I mean that I thought that was a great sign for the sport. I mean I that cuz that is very F1 level where it's like really cool to see your guy, you know what I mean? And and Pato is their guy. And and I I love that for the sport. I think that's huge. Uh, we even saw, I mean we were in Bucky's after the race. Me and my girlfriend just walking around and there were several of the McLaren, you know, crew guys and there were people in there like taking pictures with McLaren crew guys and taking pictures with me and I was, it was and it was young people too, like young fans that is a huge step forward i think for uh for us as a series i think it's great um and a lot of folks uh with with pato shirts are supporting the podcast so we appreciate that uh the the mexican fan base is just so strong i think after this weekend and again i don't know why we would have ever thought any different but man racing in mexico would be awesome i think racing in Argentina would be awesome. I, I talked to Augustine Canopino a little bit about it. He said, the people there go crazy for IndyCar racing. So hopefully that in the future of the sport. I think that would be fantastic for us as a series. Um, Paddle Mania, I think, was great to see. It was like, I, you know, Joey, when you see people waiting for folks outside of a restaurant or celebrities, you know, paparazzi, whatever it is, like, it gave you that vibe like, hey, that's, this is a higher level than, you know, we're all just walking into the track with our backpacks, having a great time. Like this was superstar. Yeah, dude. Pat is, uh, Pat
0: was the full package. When you look at, at that kind of, um, uh, you know, marketing, right. When you look at that kind of person that you want, right. He's, he, he he's a personality. He's a hell of a driver. Uh, he's a little, a little brash, right? Pato loves him. Some Pato, he'll be the first to tell you that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: and not, yeah, He's a good-looking dude. He'll be the first person to tell you that as well. Last May, he told me. I said, "Who's the most handsome driver in the series?" He said, "Me, bro." Like he ran right away. Not even a, not even a hesitation or a, you know, oh well, New Garden or whoever's in. Oh yeah, just, me, bro. Right, like a lot like, of Jim picks. A lot of Jim yeah, picks. Yeah, right. like he was like, "Why the hell did you even ask that?" Yeah. Um, so he kind of and, and he kind of crosses a lot of these. I wouldn't say barriers, but like, you know, when you think about somebody, like the word transcend, right? Like you think about yes. that. I'm right? like, well, you know, Tiger Woods transcends just golf, you know, like Ugh. Pato is starting to, to your point, you know, I, he brings in a young crowd. I think he brings in a female crowd. He brings in an international yes. flavor. You know what I mean? Um, And those are all great things. Those are all great things. So, um that's exciting to hear man i i was following along and seeing from pato's own which is also another funny thing he literally has a, a camera person following him around everywhere yeah you ever <laughs> you never see pato anywhere he's got like a camera person right there by which is so funny but again maybe
1: that's how you get famous you I, I just need to buy a camera guy
0: and, <laughs> honestly i mean that's what you got like yeah like, you, you, you kind of lie you know, i kind of laugh at it because when i go pato like Get him to hop in the car for qualifying and he just has like a camera person follow him every single one but that's what you gotta do and he knows Absolutely. it right like in to your point about the F1 you know status type of thing like I think he also crosses that barrier where like he will be also the first to tell you yeah dude I would I would go race F1 because of what it would do for me and for my brand and so I think he sees what they do and how they go about it and he's like screw it, bro. I'm just going to do, like, I'm going to bring that, that, that level of marketing, that kind of content, that kind of personality to IndyCar, and I'm going to, I'm going to be the man,
3: you know?
1: Yeah. And he's very passionate about, uh, you know, growing our sport as well. I think behind the scenes, like in a lot of the driver's meetings that we have, he's definitely, uh, he voices his opinion for sure on on where where he thinks we should be going as a series, which I respect. Um, But, you know, we, the IndyCar as a series are are thankful for him. You know, you got someone who, again, superstardom is much easier to achieve when you are successful, right? So that's super helpful for him to be. You know, almost winning every race. He's finished second now twice, so he's in the game. Um, and I think he's going to be in the game all year long. I think he's going to be, you know, one of the people that I'm going to have to beat at the Indy 500, right? For for that win. So um, it's it's exciting to see. And I just thought that was worth mentioning. Um, that there was that level of like, hey, this is this is this is just a higher level. Like when I walk outside the truck, you know, there was great people to sign some autographs for. But like Pato wouldn't be able to walk out of the truck without people screaming. You know what I mean? Which is great. That's a big step forward.
0: It it got me thinking too, and I and I mentioned this to some of my buddies who we always talk about I always talk about racing with, like. As I'm watching the end of that race and this battle of of Pato against Joseph and then seeing the kind of Pato frenzy, Pato mania, like you mentioned, I'm like, I said to my buddies, I said, Joseph Newgarden should be a bigger star than what he is. (laughs) Yes. You, you, do you see that? Like, am I wrong there?
1: No, I, I mean, I, I completely agree. But but again, it's it's a combination of, of who they are as people. Right. I think Pato is uh, he is that guy that you can uh, sell as a superstar because he doesn't mind people jumping into his personal life. He doesn't mind posting on Instagram every 10 minutes about delicious looking food and uh, and whatever workout he's doing. You know what I mean? Joseph is the most private person I've ever met in my life. Uh, There were times when, and we can ask him about this later too, but there were times in my life where uh, Joseph, we were 16. Joseph was supposed to be staying at my house that night, and uh, I wouldn't know that he's in the state of Indiana until he's in my driveway. And I'd be like, hey, man, where are you? And he's like, I'm just around. And I'm like, all right, well, let me know when you're close. I don't know what Joseph was doing, but he loves loves keeping it tight within the circle. And... That's just who he is, right? And and obviously works for him. He's one of the most successful IndyCar drivers in our series currently, uh, and he will be for a very long time. Um, but I'm glad that Pato is the way he is because, again, you're you're exactly right. Joseph, for sure, I think could have been that guy for America, for the United States of America. But, it, you know, he is who he is. And again, he still is a superstar. I mean, Bus Bros is hilarious. He's got great merch. He's per, He's getting his personality out there even more um but i but i do see where you're coming from there for sure
0: no yeah. i mean he's a star like i would i'd say he's the face of the series right like oh yeah yeah. for a
1: thousand percent
0: he's a star he's the face of the series but but it's just i feel like there's so much more meat on that joe bone that (laughs) you know that 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 is just you're like man i know you're private I, but, but Derek Jeter was private and he yes. was still <laughs> a guy that, that, you know, brought people in and then that, that I'll ask him about it. Cause we haven't recorded yeah. I will go ask him about it. Cause I want his thoughts directly, but I just, you know, when I was texting my buddies that, because I was just like, this is what, I mean, this should be, it, this should be something that's like, wow. Pat versus Joseph, you know, Mexico versus United States. Like you know, just all this stuff like McLaren versus right, right, like all these things, do you know? Oh yeah. And for the for the people who are in, you know, for the people who know, for the people like me and Ben and you and and the guys that I text during the race when all my other buddies are, you know, I'm golfing or whatever the hell, like we know that that's Joseph and we know that's the kind of star he is. But I feel like again when I said transcending, transcending, like I said with Pato, I feel like there's some of that transcending that Joseph. Could do, but it's the, yeah. you know it's just maybe just not not what he's about. So
1: yeah, I mean everyone's different. And I think part of the the IndyCar show that's going to come out, I don't think I'm going to be in it at all because they're going to focus on like the superstars, of course. And but um, until we win the Indy then then I'll probably be in it. But um, but I think they're going to show you know Pato's incredible lifestyle. I think that's going to be great for our series. I think they're going to show the athleticism of a lot of these drivers, professionals. I do hope they spread it out a little bit to the more fun people, and not just focus on certain people. But we shall see. I think there's going to be a lot of that. Um, but yeah, great, uh, a lot of great things from Texas. I think the TV ratings still. To go back to that, I I, I don't understand it uh, because apparently we bought a lot of ad buys. And again, I do appreciate all the folks that that do let me know whether it's a DM or whether it's a message randomly on on anywhere, uh, a tweet or whatever it is um we appreciate you letting us know when you see those ads uh but i'm not gonna lie i would say i've got maybe three messages from people saying that they've seen the ads so uh, not not as much as i was hoping um but uh we have to do something still something has to be done for people to actually care about these races uh because again we come back to the same issue product is not the problem product is uh on point right now um and I just I you know, maybe it was the fact that we had a month between races. That 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 could have probably been it. Uh, but just a, a sad sight to see. Obviously we got more than Formula One, which is great. Uh, but but the Australian race I think was on at like two in the morning as well. So um difficult to compare there. NASCAR was down a lot as well, uh, but they still have millions more than we do. So it's it frustrates me because of how good the race was, but it's about what I expect until we get a even wider push into the marketing realm. Uh, but great social content. I think for sure, IndyCar is doing more with social content, which is yeah. good. A lot of great videos that I saw, a lot of little clips. Um, that for sure is on a higher level this year, which again, hopefully as the year goes on and the following continues to be built, that maybe the ratings continue to stay slightly healthier than they 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 would be through the summer stretch. Would you yeah. say the social content has been better for sure? Yeah, I mean,
0: yeah, I I'd say it's it's been uh, more uh, more timely. Like you know, when 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 an incident would happen, when an incident would happen, uh, or when it was just a crazy restart or anything like, you know, there
1: was a video out there. You know, there's a clip yeah. out there. Um, there were the so, when I spun, yeah. boom, great clip, and that was uh, that people love to see that stuff. Like, I, I mean, honestly, oh, yeah. it did look kind of crazy. So, I, it was good good for them to get the clip out. You not feeling dizzy still after that
0: one?
1: <laughs> you were coming, right? Uh, that was not fun at all. I, I uh, it was a tough weekend. Uh, I think. The spin was kind of crazy.
0: It's a top three worst day a race car for you. Why?
1: Well, I would say it, it, it was a just a tough one for me as a driver because you want to do well, um, but everything has to be working perfectly on the ovals, uh, and and we just did not uh, did not have that for me personally. Um, you know, it, it, these things happen. You know what I mean? I think Ed, you know Ed 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 and Renes had had solid days, some decent days, um, but for me. You know, in qualifying, we had a we had a, we had an issue that we were able to identify because we in practice we got a full on clear lap, clear run, and we were able to do two nineteen nine and two twenty by ourselves, like completely by ourselves. So that puts us uh in the top ten in qualifying, I believe. Yep. Uh and 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 when we went out for the qualifying run, we had lost four mile an hour. Uh we had we, we did discover the issue uh, um that was causing the amount of Dragginess in in the mechanical side, um, and again, racing as we talked about with the Alex and uh, Kyle, racing things happen sometimes. Uh, we had something like that happen to us in qualifying, which was a a real shame because I thought we had some good single car speed. But when it came when it came to the race session, then uh, we added a lot of downforce. But I just I'm not entirely sure with so little track time, we're not actually able to evaluate a lot of the different things that we put on the car that was new. You know, there was a couple of different barge board programs, which, which are aerodynamic pieces that we can put on the car, um, to, to change that, to help give us more grip. Um, and I think what was interesting from a technical side is a lot of different people throughout the grid had a lot of different, um, ideas on what downforce to run, how much grip we needed, all this, you know, all, all these things. And, um, you know, it's not anyone's fault. You know, I, I think me as a driver, I definitely, um prefer a car that's a little bit different to Ed and Renus. like obviously we go to Iowa and I qualified 3rd and they qualified in you know 20th and 18th or something last year so it can easily flip flop on ovals um and you know Ed Ed, Ed I think w- will be first to tell you he had, he struggled last year at Texas and was much better this year so you got to get in your little window of of happiness for for Texas um and sadly you know I, I don't want to put anything on anyone from our side but it was just a really tough day for me I was not able to get what I, you know, what I could get out of it. Uh, but boy, I was in the same situation as all the Ray Hall cars essentially as well. The Ray Hall cars were a big struggle bus also. And I'm sure, guess who didn't forget how to drive? Graham Ray Hall and Christian Lundgaard and Jack Harvey, because all those guys are podium guys, win potential guys. Graham's won a ton of races. Graham's won at Texas, and guess what? Poor Graham was struggling like crazy at Texas. So again. There are a lot of people who like to just continue to say that I suck at certain places or certain times. I'm like, well, are you saying the same thing about multi-race winner Graham Hall, Christian Lundgaard, who is, you know, incredibly talented, Jack Harvey, who's been on the podium. You know, we have tough days on the ovals and tough days on ovals are very much ex- expanded because of how difficult it is, um, you know, when the days are going rough. So again, we, we did make it to the end, which is important. And I think we found a little bit towards the end. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, crazy day to lose it in practice, too, and not hit the wall. That was wild. Uh, just am glad I got away with that. Very lucky again. But we've had a lucky year. A lucky year on certain things. Um, but just glad it was able to create a viral clip for people to continue to watch. And, I, boy, I was, like, washing dishes in that race car. I had my hands going left, going right. <laughs> I was washing dishes in there. It looked like I was performing some sort of ninja activity uh, inside. Hands never left the wheel. I was always trying to fix it, always trying to save it. Uh, and boy, did we save it and kept the engine going. So that was, that was all. That that was all that happened. A lot of people say it was just luck, but let me tell you, my hands were doing some things in there, and I don't know what they were doing. I might even close my eyes at one point, but my hands were still working. I was gonna say, can we expect a clip of that on your TikTok with uh, Florida right round? Coming up well, there might week. be. I, I am teeing up a TikTok. Yes, I do have. Uh, I got to find a creative song, maybe creative caption. Uh, but there will be a video on the TikTok. We shall see. <laughs>
0: um, is that your 500 car?
1: No. No, it is not my 500 car. So um, it'll be very different for the 500 as well. You know, that that Texas requires so much of a different um, program, I would say. Because think of how... Great Joseph has been at Texas for the last few years. And it's very different come Indy 500 time. Uh, Even Penske at the Indy 500, I would say, has struggled uh, way more than they have at Texas. So just imagine that as a fan. Like, you think they're going to be really good. But Indy and Texas are wildly different places. But they do have the Super Speedway wing package. And we are going fast. So uh, still very, very excited for Indy. and, And, you know, we learned a lot. Uh, there and 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 thankfully Renus and Ed had a good day. Ed, Ed I think was proud of his day. Uh and uh and yeah, again, to to kind of cap off Texas great for the series. I think we got a lot of social content they can use for this off weekend. Um again, it, it, be a friend and tell a friend about IndyCar racing cuz my goodness gracious, like if you weren't watching that, like what the heck else were you doing? I mean, certainly weren't watching Formula 1 uh or I mean, I mean even the NASCAR race, I thought it was okay. Uh, to talk a little bit about that but definitely not not anything like what we were seeing at, at Texas
0: you know what I've seen uh here recently and I think I gotta give us a little bit of credit is <laughs> I, I I've seen a little bit more of young Colton herda posting on social media
1: I did see that I did see him tweet today I saw him tweets. tweet and that Instagram he enjoyed posts. the
0: rest <laughs> You know, it's like, hey, maybe he came on Speed Street and we got into him a little bit. He said, you know what? Maybe I should. Maybe I yeah, should.
1: Yeah. It was funny, man. I did see him tweet. I enjoyed that. Uh, Colton, you know, those Andretti cars were quick. And and Grosjean, Grosjean was having himself a day until he found the wall. Uh, Roman Grosjean actually did call me yesterday, uh, the day after the race. And I do appreciate uh, a, a Frenchman reaching out to me and, and saying that he definitely felt bad for the day that I was having um I think there's a lot of mutual respect more so than people think uh when there are tough days had on ovals because there have been a lot of good drivers who've had those days um and uh, no matter what you think of me I think there are a lot of drivers who kind of have known me for longer and know what what I can do and um and yeah Grosjean it was it was fun to talk to him a little bit after the race cuz he was like man it was so fun like we can do this we could do that and I was like that sounds fun honestly like, it sounds like a great time and then uh, it was... But the, the, you got to think what's interesting about Grosjean, that would that would have been probably his first time racing side-by-side side, like crazy like that. You know what I mean? So when he's going in there fighting for the last lap and trying to get a little bit of that, you know, maybe find some air to get a little bit of grip, didn't quite find it, and he doesn't realize that car on the outside of me is not going away. <laughs> and so, boom, clips him, and it was just that, you know, it could have been worse than it was. Glad it wasn't uh, worse. But uh, I'm sure... Romain, uh, Romain, Roman Groshines, um is definitely gonna, you know, put that in his memory bank as as quite a learning experience. So what a uh, what a what a time in the uh, Texas Texas landscape. Yeah, definitely.
0: I think uh, Scott McLaughlin he posted a, a photo of uh, I can't remember the two cars. It might have been Arenas and me, Roman or something. But it, it was just side by side three. He was
1: running smack dab in the middle of them. Um, no, no, it was, it was, Lundgaard was in the middle, McLaughlin was on the inside, and I think Joseph was on the outside, three wide, because okay. I remember that restart, we, <laughs> I was right behind Lundgaard for that restart, and uh, we decided to pit for fuel because it was going to be real chaotic, and obviously we were not having a great day, so we are like, hey, we're going to get some extra fuel to make sure we make it to the end here, and what? the Ray Hall car stayed out, and they were obviously three, four laps down, and they got swallowed up on that restart, and that was, that could have been an accident waiting to happen there, but thankfully they made it through. <laughs> Yeah. God talk about, I mean, the start of the, all the,
0: the start of the race, all the restarts, you're just kind of, you know, I know you guys are for sure, but that, you know, even as an audience member, I'm like, hold on to my butt a little bit, just hoping, you know, I'm see the, the dirt and the grass kick up for people who are kind of diving in right on the inside. Oh uh, yeah. And I would kind of hold my breath for a second, but no, no crashes on that. So that's, uh, that's good. Um. All right, man. You want to get to uh the 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 famous, the talented, the uh, one and only Joseph Newgarden? Well, actually, I yeah. think it's his name, that too. So, I'm a yeah. Let's
2: just get into it. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm up and recovery technology.
1: As mentioned, we have a very talented and uh, respectable American man uh, as our guest for this show. Uh, He's very successful. Uh, I've known this man since uh, many years ago. Uh, He has many more trophies than I do, uh, and he really represents America in a great way. Uh, Now a father uh, and a Tennessee man uh, Joseph Newgarden, thank you so much for representing your 14 different sponsors for Team Penske, Chevrolet, and all that for us
2: as an IndyCar representative. Hey, it's great to be here. You know, you got a couple of Joes that are new dads. It's, it's great. It's a great time to be alive. I'm, I'm happy to be on the, the pod for the first time.
1: It is. Honestly, this is the first time in our show's history where we've had a uh, the, the previous race winner uh, on the show uh, several days after the
2: the victory. You need to put um, it in like a horn now. Or... Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Well, we can insert days. sound
1: effects. We do have that technology here at Dirty Mo Media. We'll tell Dale Earnhardt Jr. about it. Uh Joseph, you lapped me probably ten times. Uh really appreciate uh what you do for our sport. But Texas in general, I think the the people's reaction to it, the the world of the internet, uh the world of um social media, of 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 people that get angry on twitter about racing they seem to be slightly happier these days um as someone who was battling at the front really the whole day uh, did you think that was hey this is now texas psych like, that like we were used to this is the texas that we need to be because i think there's a little bit of a bit of both because only seven or eight cars finished on the lead lap so that that is a different side of it than i guess the way people talked about it it's as if the top 20 of all of us were racing side by side but it was really just a few of the guys at the front but thankfully that made it exciting what do you think
2: yeah i mean i guess i'm of the opinion that it was a good balance you know i you know i like the stuff that's not marketable and and boring and (laughs) because you win all the time well i want (laughs) i want low like you know too little downforce and you know no one's close and you got one car out front leading the whole thing and running away like that's that's what i want but it doesn't look good and you know i i i think it's also tough to bring back full on pack racing in indycar you know and and it was amazing like when i think when i think of indycar at texas i think of pack racing i think of the most amazing 07 06, 06 07 08 under the lights, three wide, sparks. You know, you remember it. It was just, oh yeah, it, it was an incredible show. It, it, you couldn't not love it when you watched it. Um, but I think, you know, getting back to that level is going to be difficult nowadays. And I, I, I think we've got to work methodically to find the best balance. And I don't know that you can ask for a better balance than what we had in Texas. I think there were some cars that that were good and maybe just not sorted out very well. And and you know, hopefully, maybe next year you know, some of the cars that were, were not sorted out would be more on, you know, um, front running pace. But because by the time you got to the end of the race, there was certainly like a handful of cars that got better. And it just packed the whole thing up even more. And even cars that were lapsed down were like in the fight towards the end. So I, I felt like the package was a really good balance. And, and that's why we saw a good shot. I, th- I thought this was, as, as someone who
1: started at the back of every restart, I noticed how they they separated more at the beginning and then at the end I know there was like the the towards the end there was a restart where we were there were some people that were might have been close on fuel there might have been some fuel saving going on and I thought oh everyone's just saving fuel that's why the restart has is much much closer but I think you're right people did get better and that field did not quite spread out as much because the last two restarts you know everyone was kind of there and and that's what I think made for it to be even more exciting. Yes, it spread out and you know, everyone up to like fourth position was a lap down, but that happens sometimes. And honestly, back in the olden days of oval racing, that used to happen all the time, but the way the race worked out, I think there's always going to be cautions at random points because it's hard to drive coming out of the pits. There's all kinds of craziness. People are side by side. There's rookies making mistakes. Um, and, And, and I do agree. People are good at what we do here. And 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 there are spokes that got better seeing Malucas there at the end too. I mean, was that a bit of a surprise for you, or did you think it was just you and Pato out there ripping all the way to
2: the end? Well, I think if if even at the end there, if we would have run a full stint, I think Pato and myself probably we, we had the best cars, there's no oh, doubt. Yeah. You know, we had good car speed and they were handling well. I think we still would have probably separated a bit, but it was gonna take. 30, 40 laps before that happened. I mean, you were going to be together with, with the group for a long time. So, yeah, I, I just, I think a lot of people got better, and I, it was, for the show, it was a really good ending because of it.
0: You mentioned it's going to be difficult
2: to get back to that kind of racing. Why? Like, fully all-time, why? Well, I, I you know, I think the, uh, it, it's tough to go back to that style of racing after, you know, some of the incidents that we've had in IndyCar. And I also think we've found a great blend. You know, I want part pack racing as as far as, you know, running close. Let's just say pack racing is running really close and keeping everybody tight. And I also want, I want some drop off and I want to see some degradation. and I want to see car handling. I want to see people working in traffic. Like it's really hard to get both. You normally have either or. And it seemed like this race, you got both of them. It's like, if you like pack racing and, and super confined space, you got that at the end. And if you wanted to see some cars that were excellent in traffic and that were good at tire management, you saw that as well. So I, I think the blend would be preferred for me at this point. I don't want to see one or the other. Um, and I, I don't know that you can make it much better than Texas. The The tricky part is it, it's arching that, you know, it's really <laughs> difficult to dial it in where you get both worlds. Yeah, I mean, honestly, we could have got lucky with the weather was right.
1: You know, it was a great right time of day. Like I I mentioned earlier a little bit earlier in the show, like let's say it's 20 degrees hotter all of a sudden, because Monday it was like 95 degrees. I mean, like if if we race one day later, maybe things change, but we did have options. There was a lot of aero options for us, right? People think of IndyCar as a bit of a spec series. Really, there was a ton of different things you could have done in that race on Sunday, which I think did separate the field a little bit. Um, when it comes to the product of the race, great, right? We saw overall, how do you like, I obviously want more oval racing. Do you see us hopefully being able to go to another mile and a half, maybe a two mile oval, just something of that nature again in the future, because we can put on a good, respectable, safe, exciting show. Is, is that something that you see IndyCar doing in the next two to three
2: years? I hope so. I mean, I, I'm. I I would imagine that we're, you know, all in the. Um, we're we all in the camp. I'd like to see a couple more races. You know, I oh think yeah, we, we could bump from seventeen to say nineteen or twenty. I really think like twenty would just be an ideal number if yep. we could get back to that. And so, if if that's the case, we live in a world where we bump up um, to twenty races. Then I think you know there's room for a couple more ovals, and and probably ovals should be you know one of the first things to add. I love short ovals, if you're asking me personally. I Same. I'd love a place like Richmond. I'd love Milwaukee. But I would also wouldn't mind seeing another 1.5 or 2-mile oval put on there. I, I think that'd be great. So yes to all of your question. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Joseph, I was talking earlier in the
0: episode before you hopped on, and I told Connor, I said, because he was kind of talking about paddle mania a little bit down there in Texas. And while I do consider you the face of IndyCar, I feel like you should be more of a star. And I'm not blaming anyone on this, but do you think that's the case? Do you think Joseph Newgarden should be more of even more of a household name than you already are? And the greater landscape of sports media, because you're so marketable and you got the you got the face, you got the Captain America vibe. Do you think Joe Newgarden should be a bigger star? And and where this came
1: from, where this came from as well, is like seeing, like obviously, you were at the autograph session. Seventy percent of the people there were wearing Pato shirts, and like there were people out, like screaming for. right, I think obviously that's there's a there's a great passionate Mexican fan base that that you know that that really resonates with,
2: but it is an interesting question. Oh, I think what you guys are are forgetting is that Pato was race promoter in Texas. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) I'm pretty sure Pato paid all those people to come <laughs> here for him. That's a good um, point,
1: actually. I, 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 heck, I could pay anyone to be a fan of mine. I will tell you what, yeah. we get a lot of those.
2: So this this is probably a one off. But um, no, we, look, Pato, look. I, I think you know I'm I'm torn on this question. This is a loaded question too. It could take it could take a very long answer. I love to see the popularity for a lot of our drivers. I think, you know, we've all got different stories. We've all got different brands and and personalities. And I want to see everybody be elevated. I want to see Connor's story be elevated. I I like to see that Pato has tremendous Mexican support. It's fantastic. You know, maybe we can go race in Mexico again at some point. You know, I love that we have all our drivers from Europe and Scandinavia and Australia, Japan. Like, that's what makes the E-car great. And so, it, I don't, I'm not like in this place where I really want to have more popularity for myself. I actually don't care. I don't. I don't really want to be popular, but I want the sport. You hate in. it, yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: I I hate it. I hate doing yeah. stuff. But I love IndyCar racing, and you know, just like you guys, and I want to see the sport, you know, continue to grow and to be the the biggest form of motorsports on the planet. I think it deserves it in a lot of respects. It is by far the best racing product that you're going to find out there. I I think I I just. And I love everything. That's not a diss on any other form of motorsports. I just, it's just giving credit where credits due. And IndyCar's got such an amazing, rich heritage, more heritage than any other motorsports on the planet. And so I want to see it explode and be amazing. And you know, if if that means that we all will be bigger household names, then yeah, I would love to see that just for the sake of the sport. I I completely agree. I mean, it's, and I also thought. You're also a very different
1: person compared to Pato too, right? Like Pato puts every meal that he has on Instagram on a story, like any, any bit of food, you know, any bit of cool activity, you know, that's going on. So I think you also have to be, you know, everyone is different. All of us have different ways that we, you know, go about our business. Right. And I think IndyCar being able to take advantage of, of, of what Pato is doing and, him being the promoter for Texas or whatever in the race he wants to be a promoter for and buy tickets for and give them away that's great. Um, back into the race a little bit as well. Did you think that at one point there was going to be no there was going to be no one else to compete against other than a McLaren car? And when you saw the Rossi and Kirkwood incident, there was a lot of debate over that. But I explained to a, little, a few people on this show that pit lane is hard and these things happen. And the reason you have persons that release you from the pit box, it's a team effort, right? So explain, I guess, your your thoughts on that whole incident because a lot of people got into that.
2: Well, first off, yeah, it was a ve- I agree with you. You know, pit lane is is very tricky. You know, what happened can happen easily. It's, it's not like it was difficult for this situation to materialize. Um, it's actually shocking it doesn't happen more often, to be honest. Yeah. Especially under like a full yellow scenario where everybody comes in. It's just tricky to navigate. I think, you know, I wouldn't put it on Rossi as a driver. You know, he's getting released by his crew. And I also think his crew, you know, reacted in a way that seems reasonable. You know, they Kirkwood was in the high speed lane or the through lane for, for, Pretty much the entire time until he decided to turn it into his box you really should be coming over to the transition lane three you know two at least two three boxes before your pit box and, and I think if you had have done that then Rossi's crew probably would have known oh, okay I see that you know that this car is now going to be pitting soon, and they wouldn't have released him maybe they still would have done it I, I can't tell you what would have absolutely happened but I think they would have had a better opportunity to make a good decision so I think that's what I think that's what, why it materialized the way it did was because of how long Kirkwood stayed in, in the fast lane. Um, but it's it's just a tough one. I mean, it, that stuff can happen really, really easily. Back to back years,
0: so much success at Texas. Back to back years, you take on the, the checkered flag, you win there. How do we get, uh, you know, whatever package you got going on down there in Texas? How
2: do we transfer that over to IMS for you, Joe? Uh, you're telling me. I, 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 you know, I, I I, all of us. I mean, I think everybody would trade, you know, car speed and and a, and a great race car at any track, and, and trade that for Indianapolis speed. So, I'm, look, I'm here. I'm here to fight the good fight. I, I'm not. I'm not going anywhere because I'm. I'm locked in on the program and and what we're trying to do. I have full belief that you know we can figure out the weaknesses that we had there's is no hiding it you know we've been we've been pretty weak as a team at indianapolis the last couple of years and we we know it we've been it's not like we've been working to try and you know fix it but i i thought last year we made a lot of progress and we didn't have a lot to show for it and and this year we're trying to get another step further so i, I feel very encouraged i think texas was a little preview of that it's the best car speed i've ever had in my life at texas motor speedway it was a couple of days ago so i was so pleased with that. I told my engineer, Luke, I said, Luke, if you can give me that like you did at Texas, give me that at Indy and we'll have a shot and win the race. So we, we know what we have to work on. And I'm really hopeful that we can get there this year.
1: Well, Luke, I, I know Luke very well. And so I, I he he gave me a great car in Texas as well. So I, I definitely understand that. Uh, I, I could have used at least half of the speed that you found myself. Okay. Can we go real quickly back into our lives as youths? Um now no, I, mean I know probably
2: you, longer than anyone in motorsports Connor.
1: This is true. I have known Joseph longer than anyone that has ever known Joseph, maybe except for his parents. Uh what do you think would be when you look back at all that you've done, because we both had kind of weird zigzaggy type programs to get to where we are now. When you look back at racing Europe, when you look back at, you know, putting things together to race Indy Lights, can you tell people, I guess, how, how close were you to, like, really struggling to make that Indy Lights season work and make things happen in America compared to, because, like, you had gone to the Formula One route, right? GP3, Formula Ford, like, had some success over there, but it was tough. Obviously, I, I would say... Because what I've realized recently is a lot of the fans of our sport, let's say they're new to it, right? They don't know where we came from. They don't know our path. Like, we have a lot of fans in our sport who have followed us since Pro Mazda, Skip Barber, Indy Lights, all that stuff. But a lot of people who tell me I suck all the time probably didn't actually know me when I was younger, you know what I mean? Like, we both had very interesting paths. And I would say that you guys probably were – Struggling to make that Indy Lights season happen, right? To
2: to to then that vaulted you into IndyCar. Tell tell people a little bit about that. Well, I mean, it ended up being, you know, one of the most pivotal seasons of my career, as you know. Uh, you know, just just running Indy Lights in 2011, and then winning that championship to to get a contract immediately in that off season, you know, and then it being a three year contract and and figuring out how to get the team to like stick to that three years. Huge. It was huge. It was absolutely, it was, it was massive. I, you know, I would not have the career without that moment, but exactly as you alluded to before I got in that seat in 2011, I really thought it was all over at that point. You're we pretty much out of money. Uh, we put a lot of money in, you know, my family had put everything they had into it. I mean, and more, yeah. And, well, Old
1: Papa Pong out there, he's trying to wheel and deal. Yeah, <laughs>
2: you know, I'm, I mean, Joey was Joey was <laughs> the guy that kept the lights on. and just said we're going to figure it out, you know. And, and God bless him. I mean, it just would have yeah. it would not have happened without that man. And um, but it was really touchy, you know. It was it was touch and go. And you know, the the thing was, it wasn't like it was touch and go. Actually, it was touch and go through the season a little bit. We didn't even buy car insurance for the car. They're <laughs> important but i never thought that you know i i kind of i was so lucky that you know joey handled it and i was like i'm just i'm just focused on the car i didn't add any stress on me i was just i was just trying to drive the car fast and everything worked out but yeah i was in europe before that you know i i went to europe in 2009 and it ran a couple years there and i would have loved to have continued on that path i just yeah as you know connor i i didn't have the funding to go you know in the junior formulas for formula one And you need so much more than just the base funding to run in the championship. You need the the funding to get in with a Formula team, you know, to get test days and get on simulators and all this stuff. And it just, it it ran out. So Indy Lights in 2011, it it made my career, there's no doubt.
0: So what I'm hearing from Matt, Joseph, is don't put my son into motorsport. (laughs)
2: Well, look, you have confidence, Joey, that you know it doesn't work out, um, and you're massively in debt, and that you can work out your way out of it, and, and then go for it. Give that a shot. You know, I mean, it might work out, dude. Hey, can't take it with you, so fuck it. <laughs> put, it look, a, put it into a into a car. That's what McLaughlin clearly, said. Clearly, can't take it with you.
1: <laughs> exactly, and and he will prove it to you as well. I I, I think. We obviously know that this show is going to be a in multi-billion-dollar industry later in life. We are going to make this show, but the Speed Street is going to be on billboards in New York City, yes. understandably so. Um, but you I'm and sure, Scott McLaughlin—that's a it's gra- a great, interesting point that we just brought up. You and Scott McLaughlin, the Bus Bros, incredible merch, incredible. Uh, basically, I would say you guys are probably uh, top three on the IndyCar marketing, um, you know, ca- program category uh fan interaction. Uh you and Scott, best teammate ever, potentially, or is this something that you guys uh, you know, obviously you're both very good, but what you guys can do together, let's say you guys crash into each other at one point. Is there gonna be a bus pros episode after that? What happens?
2: That's a good question. I don't know. I mean we talked <laughs> about it. Um I, I I think so I think I like to believe that we can work through Whatever is inevitably going to happen. It's just for IndyCar marketing's sake,
1: I hope to God that you guys wreck each other at some point because I will be first person there in the grandstands or whatever the ring around that fake boxing fight that you guys will have in the Bus Bros Arena because that would be fantastic. No offense
2: to your championship (laughs) fights, whatever that is. I think it, I just don't see how it doesn't happen at some (laughs) point. Um, but it it's tricky being teammates with him, you know, because I've never had a teammate at this level that I liked as much as Scott. Like I, you know, he's like just a really great friend. And if I wasn't <laughs> his teammate, I would I would be really close friends with him. And and I it, agree.
1: It's, it's a great
2: dude. <laughs> I don't know how I don't know how you you can coexist in this type of environment, it's, it's difficult. You know, you could be a good teammate, you know, as you should, you know, we work together, we push each other and and pushing each other only helps both of us. You know, it's just, I want to like smash this guy's face in. And I also really like him and kind of, I kind of want him to do well, but I don't want to do well. I I don't know. It's just, it's a very difficult emotional dynamic to be in. And that's how I feel with it. But he's, he's a tremendous person. He's a great teammate. We got a great little gig going on, and you know it's only time—it's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's only a matter of time until it all gets ruined. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I
0: got—I got—I got, I got an idea that just—that just sprung on me here. I, I think what needs to happen is we need to have a mesh point here of Speed Street, Bus Bros, Muffled <laughs> May on the golf course. <laughs> right, i know that connor's That's got in the book big golf guys i'm becoming a big golf guy i know you've gotten out there joseph and, and you know swung the clubs around a little bit so we do a foursome you know we could do it for charity we could do it for a video series <laughs> i don't know but i think that would be some pretty awesome stuff speed street versus bus bros two on two or we do a foursome
2: and take on off track or whoever the hell <laughs> I, I i love <laughs> it i do I think you might as well just book it. We're going to do this. We need. There's. This is the collab that people want, and whether it's golf or it's something else, during the month of May, we're going to make this happen. All right, just just book it now. You're darn okay. right.
1: Uh, two quick questions before you leave. This is going to be a really difficult one, but uh, I know you feel very strongly for it. How do we get people to watch IndyCar racing on television?
2: Uh, <laughs> oh man, because
1: it I fight this fight every day. But give us your quick thoughts on. I think we're doing better on social
2: media. I think we're doing better. But it's got to, how do we get it? How do we get there? Well, the tough thing is, and I, I firmly believe this now, having been you know involved for, for a little while, it's not one thing. You know yes. it, there is no magic bullet. I mean, the only way that you could have a magic bullet is if someone like Netflix said, hey, we wanna make a purpose series for you and we're just gonna promote it. We're gonna put it on the front front page. page. Yep. Okay. That is a magic bullet. Yeah. But that's not how this stuff works. So you're not we you can't that's a that's a non existent magic bullet. So when you look at it realistically, it it really is everything. You know, we've gotta be better on digital, we've gotta be, you know, we've gotta be covering storylines, we've gotta be making the drivers stars more often. You know our race tune in marketing has to be better, um, and I think everything that I'm saying now is happening at the moment. I, I see yes. a tremendous amount of progress from Penske Entertainment. Um, I we all have. And the other thing is, it's going to take time. It's going to take everything, and it's going to take time. Yeah, and I think we're taking some good steps. I, I'm I'm really encouraged by this TV show that's going. I think you know just getting people familiar with the personalities, getting pe- people familiar with your story, Connor, or a Pato story or mine, just just as examples, is really, really good. People don't know our personalities. And so it's it's hard to want to tune in and cheer for people when, when you know nothing about them. And then, you know, on top of that, we just got to continue to push our organic product like that. You don't need to change the racing product. It's so good. And so just let that let that also work in the background as you're, you know, you know, slowly pushing all these other areas. But there's no, there's no just simple answer for it. It's, it's, yeah. it's good. so much to grow.
1: Yeah. Well, that TV show is probably not going to feature me at all. But uh, I hope to make at least five to ten seconds of the background. Um, oh, you're and in there. You're gonna no, be You here. you stars will take it. You. you look. You guys that look cool and have big arms and like cool chiseled abs and and cool hair, like that'll be fun for you guys. Um. Uh, last question. Uh we're gonna have you uh, speculative, speculative Joseph here. Give us a top three prediction for the Indy five hundred. Uh no particular order, just give us a top three prediction right now off the off the bat. Uh you can uh, include uh, yourself. You can
2: include yourself. I love that because I don't want to. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'm, gonna go I'm, gonna, go, I'm gonna go McLaughlin. Yes. Um you, Dixon Pillow, or no, no, no. Sorry, McLaughlin Dixon Award. There's just wow. Thing. All right, that's a strong
1: Not. one, but that would probably be you know, I wouldn't take that as a better. You know what I mean? Like if you're a, if you're betting on this, those are probably all heavy favorites. <laughs> yeah, they I get are, it. Uh, there, I mean, everyone's
0: good. Hey, the good thing we're trying to push, and you guys can, so I will. Another yeah. great part about Nicky is even a favorite like Joseph Newgarden is like plus five fifty. Those oh. are like that. That's. That's a great return on investment there, boys. Yeah, we're Joseph. not allowed
1: to talk about sports gambling, but Joseph, we appreciate you being here. Um, I, I I, thank you for doing this. Honestly, when I texted you about this, not, not just two hours ago, I said there's not a chance on this planet that you would do this show, but I appreciate that. You proved me wrong. Uh, please tell your wife and child thank you for giving us at least 20 to 30 minutes of your time, and uh, we will
2: see you at the next event. Hey, I love you guys. All the best. Thanks for having me on. All, All right. Job.
0: There you have it. Uh, the, the defending champ, the most recent champ in the NTT IndyCar series, Joseph Newgarden, hopping on. And down. you just, you know what you're going to get from Joseph, both on the track, off the track. Uh, just such a great personality, one that is always thoughtful, engaging, uh, and fun. And I think that's why. Uh, we all love him, and I know that's why you know he's going to be that star household name that I was giving him shit for because uh, that's what prince now is,
1: and he's a hell of a driver too. So we appreciate the time there, Connor. Any any wrap up thoughts from you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is a great long episode, um, but I think people uh, will enjoy it. Hopefully, uh, please let us know if you do or don't. Um, and as always, to the, all the folks that that told me in Texas that uh, they listen to Speed Street we do appreciate that uh it's really cool to hear from all of you um it, it was great honestly so now we'll move into uh obviously one of our, my favorite segments of the show that I will say every week uh the Ricky Treadway Random Indy 500 Driver of the Week um yes. very excited uh I had Ben uh producer Ben uh pick the year uh we went with 1983 uh, Tom Sneva won this year, 1983. We have done this year before. There are a couple names in here that you would definitely recognize. Um, but I went with someone that I, I did not recognize, but after using the Wikipedia machine to figure out who it was, I realized, oh, he's done a lot of Indy So the person who finished 25th in the race, Josel Garza. Now I don't know how to pronounce it. I don't know if it's, Joselli or Josel, I don't know, but, uh, Josel Garza, um, and, you know, fellow Mexican Indy car driver, we talked about paddle a lot, uh, fellow countryman to Josel Garza, uh, he was in several Indy 500s, he was in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven, seven Indy 500s, uh, so that's quite a lot, um, and let's see, Garza is the second youngest driver to compete in the Indianapolis 500 and was not surpassed until 2003 by AJ Foyt IV. Oh, that's kind of wild. Um, that's great. Garza's racing license listed him as being 22, but the rules at the time required you to be 21. But So it sounds like he lied about his age for a little bit, which is fine. We've all done that. I think technically Gabby Chavez did that for a while, former IndyCar driver. Um, yeah. Interesting. Finished 10th in the 1984 Indianapolis 500. Uh, tested a Brabham Formula 1 car in 1986. Uh, wow, lots of different stuff there.
0: It was the uh, 8500 Rookie of the Year in 81? Come on, started sixth. Oh, there you
1: go. Rookie of the I, Year. I, I skipped down to the second paragraph. Thank you for catching that at the first one. <laughs> no, I skipped all the way down to the the of
0: this part where it has oh, the okay. sport season and it has his award right there, so it's all good. That's um, wild. Wouldn't it be Jose? Jose? Like Jose? Jose? I don't L. know. Maybe with the leak on the end that, that changes the gem from an H to a J. Jose. Feel Jozo. free
1: to let us know these things. You know what I mean? Feel free. Yeah. So there you go. We learned about someone new today. It looks like he's not dead either, which is great. <laughs> that's always a yeah, good thing. That's
0: tremendous. Stand alive. Boom. Uh, Good deal. Appreciate that, Connor. Uh, Again, thanks to Joseph Newgarden for hopping on and giving his uh, always engaging thoughts. Appreciate that very much. Uh, We appreciate you guys. Like Connor said, we keep seeing more ratings and reviews on the pod. Be sure to follow on Apple and Spotify. Uh, Follow us on social media at Speed Street Pod to know when the latest episode comes out. Usually Wednesday, but you never know. So stay up to date there. Uh, Off weekend this
1: weekend Connor you got anything crazy You doing Easter plans What's going on Uh, No Easter plans for me I'm going to be out in California I'm going out to California for Easter To see my lady Um, And we're going to have a full week Of Long Beach uh, excitement And preparation for my 100th IndyCar start out there Can't believe I made it this far Um, So yeah we we will see what happens But uh, can't wait to get out there For Long Beach it's a great race
0: Fantastic, man. Well, that's uh, all good things to come next week on Speed Street. We'll preview that. We'll talk about Connor's 100th star, which is great. Uh, um, and, of course, everybody, uh, have a great holiday this weekend. you are celebrating Easter. Happy Easter to you all. Hopefully, if you're traveling to be with family and friends, you'll be able to tune in to us and have a great
1: time. So, uh, for Connor Daily, Ben Wall, Joey Molinero, we'll talk to you next week to get ready for Long Beach on Speed Street. Check out the newest episode of the Dale Jr. Download, available wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to follow the show so you don't miss an episode. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty
2: Mo. You're gonna do it, you're gonna win it, you're gonna win it.